you are listening to the art of the matter hosted by arvind vijay mohan ladies and gentlemen welcome to art of the matter a show where we give you an insider's view into all that matters within the indian art world and introduce you to this domain's most interesting personalities on today's episode we speak to a true blue first generation collector who over the past 15 years has built a significant contemporary collection that has not followed the herd chasing signatures or blind trends we are saloni doshi the director of space 118 an initiative she founded in 2009 that provides studios on a short term basis to artists to share her learnings as she navigated the complex routes within the art world the role played by mentors and the essential facets to keep in mind while honing one's instincts and importantly how can one build a strong collection while working with a modest budget please join me in welcoming saloni saloni wonderful to have you on the show you know i'm very excited to have a conversation with you on on several facets uh, the one uh, aspect i wish to touch upon is you know the the aspect of you being a first generation collector uh you know we speak to a number of uh, individuals who've got quite a significant footprint within the collecting space but very few amongst them uh, can claim to be you know absolute first generation collectors as i understand your parents or even your extended family for that matter did not really have an active interest within the art space and this is a a world that you discovered almost entirely by yourself would that be correct yes it is i mean in terms of collecting yes i am completely first generation but i think in terms of exposure to culture that was always in my family from a very young age my mother exposed us to all the classical forms of art right. so in dance i had to learn bharatanatyam or i learned bharatanatyam in singing uh, it was hindustani vocals and shubha mudgal in those days at sadar patel used in delhi used to teach us hindustani vocals and whether it was all these arts and crafts classes that we had to do learn oil painting everything when we went on two to three month holidays to calcutta since my mother was there and of course uh, going to galleries and museums just view art Right. So that was already an architecture. I remember my mama used to take us to Fort William, Victoria Memorial, mm-hmm. and all the old, uh, you know, Calcutta Zamindar homes. So you know, I think uh, architecture and art in all its forms was always a part of my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But to take it to another level, which is collecting and putting, you know, uh, money on it, or rather, you know, making it a personal journey, which is beyond viewing, um, but more acquiring. that for me is it's completely novel i don't think till today anyone in my family understands what i do <laughs> uh, i've been collecting for 15 years they're still fascinated by things they see on my wall it's, it's been a completely first gen i am completely first generation and uh, fortunately unfortunately there is no second generation after me as well so because uh, we none of us have children so, so no one's going to continue this collecting this passion of collecting Well, yeah. Saloni, you've you put together what already has the has the makings of an incredible legacy, which I'm certain will will you know live well beyond. I think a step in that direction has been taken, which over the you know following few decades will only become stronger. I remember we met when just started collecting. You were probably twenty four or twenty five years old. 
you had come back after a master's at uh, the London School of Economics, that you were culturally exposed is something that, you know, many of us in terms of a background have. But what pushed you into into uh, discovering the world of art beyond just observing or, or this or this passive uh, position that most of us uh, apply? What was it that sort of urged you to start collecting as it were? I think my journey started at viewing art when I did a short internship at Oceans. Right. And I saw these passionate collectors walking into, you know, the space while I was only researching the collection. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the commercial side of art never appealed me because, I mean, sure. whatever I've done with the arts, it's pretty much been either researching and cataloging or when I started earning, it was collecting Mm -hmm. and even then when I wanted to be deeper into the arts and understand it better because I didn't go to art school so I always had I always had this thing that I have to self-teach you know myself so I started traveling for every single art fair for the last 10-12 years I mean I think art fairs came around only at that time so whether it's every art fair or the Kochi Biennial in the country or you know the Basels or whatever it's Hong Kong Dubai Basel Freeze London Freeze New York so I started doing all this um, from a very young age and um I think I wanted to acquire knowledge, whether it was of Indian art or international art. The only thing I could do with the budgets I had is that I could acquire Indian art. And like I mentioned once before, Hmm. you've known me for such a long time. Hmm. I've taken such baby steps with baby budgets. I was exposed to the moderns and Bengal from a very young age because a lot of my mothers and mama's friends were collectors or are collectors of Bengal because my mother's from Calcutta. And um, it never appealed to me to buy art of their age. It only appealed to me to buy art of my age and of my budget. Right. And I think by the time I could start buying seriously, the question of provenances, fakes, as well as even the best that the little money and the budget I could have, one could collect, was very um, questionable. So like if I wanted a nice Hussein or a nice Gaitonde, in those days it was not even Gaitonde, it was, uh, for me it was more about a Hussein or a Raza. Sure. I didn't have the money to buy four feet by four feet large canvas of a Bindu series or the Razas that were coming out in those times in the shows. So moderns appealed to me, but I didn't have the budget for them. Right. Whereas contemporary appealed to me and I had the budget for them. So sure. I just started collecting contemporary and I took that, you know, I took that leap of faith. It was difficult because, you know, you're waking up and just spending like a couple of lakhs per month. Sometimes... And not knowing, nobody in your family has ever done that. Like you buy jewelry or property and other forms of investment. And here you're buying paintings that are coming home and nobody understands it in your house, you know. And nobody discourages you, but nobody encourages you either. So it's pretty much like um, you're just shooting in the dark. So that was my journey. This aspect of walking this long mile alone, of not having, um, um, you know, any apparent support, while there isn't an active discouragement, there perhaps was as well, but uh, there definitely wasn't any handholding. There wasn't any guidance. I'm thinking about younger collectors out there who are perhaps in a in a similar position. You know, they don't uh, they don't within their immediate surroundings have anyone supporting them. Would you have a few words to share with them? What should they do, given that their heart is in it and they want to do it, but they don't uh, find anyone immediately around them uh, encouraging them? What should they do? I do see many today, but mm. you know, you're lucky today. We have Instagram. 
we have mm. facebook mm. we have social media sure. we have active websites we have yeah. art logic you know where they update things on a regular basis mm. galleries are more proactive you get on mailing lists and all of that mm. I can't say in my times because I'm not ancient but when I started <laughs> uh when we started yes. when we started it was pretty much if you knew the galleries and they knew you they were you were a serious collector hmm. they knew you had the budget and the money to spend they would you would be on the mailing list to get a preview and all that but you have to get the pdf before the show opens you hmm. need to know the galleries sure and it was about relationships i think it's it still is So yeah, I'm not looking at buying you know names or um ticking some boxes that everybody has I I like to send trends in my own head that yeah. I bought this before anyone else did my whole point of collecting and buying art was discovering discovering talent hmm. you know putting forth young talent in my house and in my collection even though enjoying most of these works has been challenging because most of them go into storage sadly in bombay we don't have homes like delhi even though i have multiple homes i don't have a home as big as delhi to put up the entire collection sure. and uh, even if you do have homes as big as delhi <laughs> you still cannot put up your entire collection so I mean I'm now enjoying works which I bought sometimes 10 years ago 7 years ago 5 years ago Sure So for me engaging with the artists I would tell this to young collectors or people who just are interested in looking and understanding art mm-hmm. is that that's what I did I just traveled um in those days there was no India art fair there was no Kochi Biennial this all started very late, later I started going to art fairs abroad which was mostly Basel and um you know Freeze and um the why but if you don't have the chance even to the indian ones go to galleries um you know go to retrospective shows if you have them in your city which is bombay and delhi hmm. at the museum i think just see read you have instagram and facebook follow everyone you have the india art fair and the biennale but you also have delhi contemporary art week and you know um, our own mumbai gallery weekend yes absolutely and uh, that's where you meet see you know understand i did a lot of that we we did a lot of that yeah. and uh, yeah. i think that's how you understand and i think my whole journey was i think to get the best works i've always had to be good friends with the galleries mm-hmm. but to know what to buy Hmm. to know what the best is i feel like i've done a lot of studio visits right. i feel like i've always always my my journey with an artwork first starts with meeting an artist right. understanding them in their studio not at the gallery on the day of the opening mm-hmm. and then buying it from their solos or group shows or whatever shows right so it's a bit different i think it also comes from the fact that i run a studio practice so yes i'm deeply um involved in um understanding art from scratch sure vis-a-vis seeing it in a form that multiple other people have a stake in beyond the artist sure so lorena i'm just uh, you know trying to again stay with the early days for a little while your collection is yeah. very eclectic you know you've got tribal art contemporary art aboriginal art tell us about how you sort of made your way through these genres uh, as they are how uh, how about those early steps I feel 
I'm not just a collector of art. I'm just a collector. Period. <laughs> I'm a collector of clothes. I'm a collector of textiles, which you don't sure. know. Right. I've been collecting sarees from across India before I even wore them, or they were of my size because I'm five feet nothing. <laughs> uh, I've been collecting antiquities for many years. I've been decorating our homes with things that the home needs. So if I went to Burma, I bought massive silver pots and wooden, you know, uh, lacquer work, which is over hundred years old. Right. If I went to Cochin, I picked up all the antiquities, you know, for my parents' home. If I went to Ahmedabad, I bought facades and brackets and full like jhalis and everything. You name it. I mean, this is an aspect and a side of me most people don't know. Sure. But uh, I've just been a collector. Like I still have clothes over twenty years old. <laughs> you know, so I'm just a collector. I think art is something most people value and see because. when you put up old things in your house you can buy them now as well hmm. you, you i mean so people don't really regard that but i think at heart i'm a collector hmm. a collector of many things when i was a kid i was a collector of stamps sure i still have the stamp collection and coins i used to collect coins right so i've always been a collector but i think getting into collecting of art seriously you know one doesn't wake up and think of themselves as a collector like You know these terms are very like fancy for me. You rather call me a coin and a stamp collector, or an antiquities collector, or a textile collector than an art collector, because honestly, I have enough of that too. Sure. But uh, you don't start collecting at the age of twenty or buying art at the age of twenty-two, thinking I'm going to be a collector. <laughs> There were no collectors I knew in those days. Sure. Pretty much. All the big names started collecting. What today's big names started collecting in. you know at the same time as me or just sure. a few years before me hmm. and i was very young so i really didn't know like you know when you buy your first second third fourth 50th 100th work work of art you don't hmm. think that let me increase the collection and become a collector sure. you just become a collector in fact i remember first time somebody asked to interview me as a collector and i said i don't think you can even use that word for me how do you become one i remember calling some people <laughs> in the art world and asking them what makes you a collector <laughs> like do you call me a collector do you think i'm a collector and they laughed <laughs> and i remember one said it's when you buy art beyond your walls Mm-hmm. and it goes into storage you become a collector sure. whether it's 5 10 or 15 it literally goes into storage you become a collector right because your passion takes over and i think that's what it is for me but if you say that yes i have a bigger storage than a house to showcase <laughs> my art <laughs> so clearly qualified yeah. then as uh, as a bona fide collector saloni Absolutely. As for those people, <laughs> I think by by conventional standards, you're you're well uh, you're you're well beyond you know the construct of what one expects a collector to be. More so in light of what you've just shared with us about about it sort of straddling various various verticals. You've gone into so many different directions, and it perhaps holds root in these early you know uh, philately and and coins that you collected. So, Lonnie, tell us about the role of mentors. You know, you've had a close association with certain senior personalities. How important is a mentor in uh, in in terms of shaping the personal vision? Yeah, I've been very fortunate that I'm very self-driven. Mm-hmm. But B, I've been even more fortunate to have great mentors, as you rightly pointed, in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I use the term mentor for the lack of inspiration, but I could also call them my inspiration. Right. I don't necessarily rate all of them in the same way in terms of the way I collect. Sure. But 
from a very early age i met people who buy passionately who buy yeah. art passionately right. of course all different genres all are different kinds of collectors and once i name them you will know that what i wanted to pick from them that suited me and my personality i'm lucky to have met them at a young age that helped me shape and give some definition to my collection i have right. to say that Right. So I met Lekha first in my life. I think Lekha and Kavita Singh at the same time, and then I met Rajiv Savara. Lekha, yeah. as we all know, um, is one of the biggest proponents of contemporary. She, in my opinion, is a taste maker, and she pretty much defined the contemporary art world, whether it's for India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Iran, or I don't know which other countries she went into, but <laughs> Southeast Asia and yes, South Asia, yes. yeah. Uh, and in joining the Digi Art Foundation, yeah. I just wanted to I just wanted to uh, sorry uh, interrupt you and mention this is Mrs Lekha Podar we are referring to uh, Right this is Lekha Podar sorry sorry yes. <laughs> sorry this is Lekha Podar of the Devi Art Foundation Yes, yes absolutely <laughs> And um, I feel like with Lekha in those days when we used to go to see those Devi Art shows we, hmm. I was just like spellbound to have such a massive absolutely. Sudarshan dinosaur Sudarshan Shetty dinosaur you know <laughs> in an intimate position with a vintage oh, car uh and you know all those bold rashid rana you know curated pakistani art show the video works in those shows the miniature works the details and names that were completely unknown the beauty about devi art foundation and anupam and lekha's collection was that they didn't show people who were the obvious names to buy in the yes. art world Absolutely. they created the names yes. and for me that was more fascinating there's a lot of work in my collection that if you were to trace it back to when i found that artist for the first time it would be 99% i would say 80% of my works the ones i bought first time i've seen them in lekha's collection right right incredible yeah and right. this is when they weren't even picked up by galleries or right rather just about picked up by galleries etc so mm. it was really really fascinating to see so that has been a major source of inspiration for me mm. to collect the way i do and collect contemporary in that depth and with that kind of conviction and risk taking ability sure. that lekha had or has rather mm. with kavita singh it's about the multi the multiple she's also a collector of many things she just doesn't yes. i mean everyone knows her as a collector of she's a collector of aesthetics i should say yes. i mean she's just yes. everything about her is beautiful but you know just to have beauty in everything that you have around you and place it beautifully is what i learned from kavi i mean of course having access to all her moderns which she grew up with were her contemporaries her mm. relationship and her friendship with raza krishan mm. khanna and her stories yes. are something i grew up with too now you know for the last 20 years i've been hearing all these things and i met all of them i've had great moments with most of the moderns as well but i was too young to start buying them in those right. days but right. looking at a collector who bought all this when they were her contemporaries and someone who's collected consistently over 45 years hmm. um is something completely out of passion whether it's miniature or um you know modern contemporary these are brackets we've put today they aren't brackets in her mind but uh in terms of defining work sculpture textile hookah bases you know whether it's antiquities or whatever you call it i mean mm. it's just collecting or uh, say that's her that's her madness you know and sure. i learned a lot from that and i think uh, my aesthetic skills and my interior skills have quite have been honed by her wonderful and rajiv i 
cannot mention. <laughs> I can't not mention Rajiv. Rajiv, Rajiv will call my collection kabada. He's like, "Ye kya kharitu hai tu?" He is like the first one to dismiss everything. I've been very privileged to have this very intimate relationship with him and Ruhi Savara of the so the Savara Foundation of yes. the Arts. Um, in a very, at a very, I think I, I've known Rajiv for ten years now, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I love his scholarly uh, and scholarly approach towards collecting mm-hmm. which I find very rare amongst collectors. It's, it's like unique. he knows on what day Somnath Hall did what. Like you know <laughs> like was he sleeping today or was he awake or did he have sleepless nights Absolutely. in 1942. <laughs> yes. He reads everything. It's the extension of his bedroom the library yes. and that scholarly approach and researched back collection mm-hmm. considering he also is just 20 years into the art world i mean he started collecting 20 years ago mm-hmm. at the same time as kiranadar so i feel like as collectors who are buying um you know top value works because they have the money to buy that but to base it on this kind of scholarly research without hiring a curator or an assistant or a art advisor hmm I don't know the mistakes Rajiv has made but I'm just saying that he has a f- fabulous eye for what he has collected. No, absolutely. And he is not somebody who just buys because this is a name or this is somebody you should buy. He doesn't follow trends definitely he doesn't. He can't create them because he's already buying only moderns. He doesn't yes. buy contemporary so you can't create it. But at the same time when you talk to him he's a very informed collector. Hmm. I mean he can speak about red in why the artist used the color red or why he did what he did or she did what she did or why in this period he was making this work he's gone into such depths mm-hmm. of knowledge in uh, you know about each artist that he has collected that he could probably just be a walking talking encyclopedia i mean you know on on each one he of is. them he is. and that kind of uh, researched back scholarly collection and to hear it from his mouth every time i visit his house is just such a privilege hmm. i really really enjoy my interaction with both of them i see rajiv but it's both rajiv and ruhi and uh, i love their passion and um, their togetherness in this for the arts absolutely so so, so yeah i've had all of them at a very good time in my life and learned oh, different things from it's fascinating them. because when you when you speak of these three pillars as they were they introduced you to different realms you know uh, each of which contributes so immensely in you know in, in sort of developing a personal language uh, and it's reflecting in various ways in the way you've collected if the next 20 years are a measure to go by i think that foundation will find a root in in, in fascinating manners in my opinion and now there's a, there's a very interesting point that came through here you know there's there's the aspect of instinct and there's the aspect of uh, scholarship head versus heart you know logic or Uh, or, or just pure instinct where do you stand on that you know i know that you've discovered a number of artists well before they became names to contend with how do you go about that journey how do you identify talent because when it's a when it's a modern the footprint is already very clearly marked in the sand you already know who this person is the market has already acknowledged the greatness or there's a fair amount of narrative available to go by when you're collecting with contemporary it's all about making your own mark it's all about establishing what you think is a unique you know space within uh, within the circle how do you how do you go about this tell tell us about that i mean you can use these words now right logic versus what did you say a uh, heart versus mind and logic versus intuition 
unless you're buying something outside your comfort level of your budget hmm. which also you will only do if your heart allows it i think hmm. i think this goes for any collector if you call them a collector and a passionate collector hmm. you have to first love the work i just sure. refuse to believe that i mean then i don't call them collectors in my opinion they're not hmm. because then they're buying to decorate walls or you know the 5000 square feet house we bought or some some fancy you know to you know they're not buying with the you know the the objective of building a collection but i feel anyone who's passionate about the arts has to first love the work i just at least that's how i have been so it's for me it's always heart over mind right it's always intuition over logic i many a times call friends in the art world when i'm buying expensive works because i'm just like i have this and i have this and they both cost the same but i just love i love both of them what i can only buy one what do i do and uh, that's the dilemma for me usually but i have never bought anything i don't like Hmm. Hence, I've never regretted anything I have bought. I have to just simply put it like that. Absolutely. There is nothing. I mean, I've outgrown a lot of works mm-hmm. for sure. Sure. Um, I have. I have outgrown, and, and not to say that that's got anything to do with artist career. In fact, the, the works I've outgrown have completely their careers are booming. That the you know they're the it artists of the art world. In the some of them have become moderns. A lot of them are no more because I bought them; they were alive, right. Right. and or in their old age. But that's not the point. I have outgrown them. That's it. So that doesn't go to say I didn't like them or don't like them. I've just outgrown them. Sure. My personality has changed. my collecting aesthetics have changed my collecting direction has changed hmm. but um yeah i don't know how else to answer that i remember <laughs> someone once asked me do you have any regrets i was like i've never bought anything with that you know angle where i feel like oh i'm forced to buy this or let's buy this because this is a name or let's buy this because this fits in my budget or let's buy this because i've got a 40% discount on this no i never if i get a discount that's all the more reason i won't buy it <laughs> that to <a> 40% <laughs> I don't think any gallery should listen to this. Yes, clearly we must we must ensure that no seller ever gets access to these yeah. uh, tips. No, I would I would pretty much I would pretty much only buy what I love. I think everyone knows that. Yes, absolutely. I think that. I just absolutely have to love that. So Nani, uh, you have a you know a close relationship with several artists. In fact, these relationships date back to before they you know perhaps got formal representation uh, and they went on to you know achieve a, a degree of of greatness or at least uh, recognition. tell us about uh, tell us about you know this discovery of artists how does that process work you know so again from a very young age first i started collecting and when i realized that i wanted to take my passion into make it a profession i hmm. started running the studio space which is space 118 where yes. for the last 12 years we've been providing studios and residencies to artists from all over the world largely from baroda which is one of the most uh, one of the finest art schools in india yes and uh, this is in the heart of bombay which is a rarity i think before me there was only the bulabai memorial studios where all the moderns worked yes so correct. the last community studio in south bombay is pretty much 40 years back mm-hmm. and mine has stopped now and we become a grant making organization which is pure financial grants right but you know i think interacting with artists at a young age finding my own mentors and helping them find mentors because we have mentorship sessions for every batch of artists that have come to space 118 mm-hmm. i realized at a very young age i um 
I understood their own trials, tribulations, fears, weaknesses. I remember once someone did a show with studio practices as a part of the show. Right. I'm like, I see this every day. That's <laughs> I run it. My yeah, office sure. is a studio. My whole office is a studio. Yeah, and sure. I see, like you know, an artist say, my studio is in a bad shape. Don't come today. I'm like, yeah, but I want to. See, I'm I'm very used to. You want me to wear your kind of clothes and come? I'll wear that. <laughs> I don't forget me as a collector. I like I like disappearing as a collector, and engaging with them as an artist because I right. feel too. I feel. all of us are artists in some way i mean come on i i am a dancer i am i did study all these forms of art formally sure. so i feel like i can't take that side away just because i'm not making or producing formal art i love engaging with young talent who i have so much to learn from hmm. and so much to give to sure i mean it's been 12 13 years of my life that i've given to young artists to to get to where many of them have i don't want to name anybody let them name you know people themselves but i feel like i've been a part of their journeys i've uh, seen many of them you know and i love i love studio visits from a very young age i wanted to be and i think it goes with my personality of being a collector and my work to you know engage with even senior artist studio visits sure and i love that and i love those intimate moments with the artists which is why when i go to a gallery to buy a work i don't really have to do much besides just tell them i like this and i'm buying this that's it because mm. my 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 foundation with that artist and their practice has already been so deep mm. way before i've bought the work Right. So it's very unusual where I would discover an artist through a gallery. Mostly, I would ask, discover an artist through the networks that we have at Space One One Eight, anyways, hmm. and then buy them from the gallery when they get right. represented. Many right. a times, after I've only told the gallerist to represent them. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a full circle, you know, that artist who comes to you as a. as an underling and you know over the over the course of you know the decades to follow goes on to become a superstar become a sort of global giant uh, but the early roots remain with uh, with that start you know and and you have yeah. access to early work which uh, which really is is uh, special now saloni this eternal quest for the best work you're a collector who's very uh, bent upon having what you regard as the finest How important is that? Now you've fallen in love with an artist. You're not getting access to a particular work. Do you keep relentlessly chasing up till you find it, or do you, you know, eventually buckle and say, "Listen, I, it's been 15 years now. I'm not getting anything. Let me just get something that I can live with." Tell me about uh, how you go about that aspect of of the want. You know, when you're a collector, you always want. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no collector stops. That when you you stop collecting, when you stop wanting. Firstly, yes, correct, absolutely. But uh, and every collector is chasing something. Every collector is chasing something. I'm not the only one. I think in my case, when I started collecting, I, I mean, budget plays a huge role. Hmm. I didn't have large budgets. I'm not to say I do have them now, but I have much larger budgets than when I started off when you knew me. So obviously, there are many boats I missed. I attended those shows, but I missed those boats because I couldn't afford that work. Right. And besides being a first generation collector, I also don't have financial access many a times, or rather, most of the times, to you know, from my family funds. So it's like I'm collecting out of my money, and. I don't think I could have bought, you know, those early works of the artists I've known and grown with, sure. right? I I really honestly uh, believe a strongly in buying early works of many 
artists. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe it's again a part of running a studio practice. So I love the thrill of buying from their first solo show and then like everyone buying it from their tenth solo solo show. <laughs> you know, after it's been showcased in your house, everyone knows it's in your collection. That time nobody understands. Yeah, who she? Who cares? I only want to buy so and so. And then fifteen years or five years later, they'll call me up and say, Oh, I remember this work in your house. And oh my God, I can't believe she's become so big. I that time liked it but didn't buy it, and now it's gone up to like this price. Sure, sure. So that's always been my journey. And I love that. But I think now I, what happens is that um, the early works of many of the senior contemporaries in this country mm-hmm. is what I'd already gone and seen. And many a times I'm chasing those works, whether they're in auctions or, you know, privately or through the galleries. Hmm. And I've been fortunate that galleries have been supportive with this urge and quest of mine um, to collect their early works. But right. um, let me put it this way. I knew Meli Gubai. You know, mm-hmm. and he's just opened a show. And yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I've just purchased the work of his. Again, right. an early work from right. the 70s because I knew Meli was when he was alive. Hmm. I knew him. We even discussed his art, everything. But I was not into abstraction, right? Hmm. Hmm. So I can't fall in love with something I'm not into. But at the same time, I don't negate studio visits or don't consider them as a bad visit or something I don't want to visit just because I'm not excited by their work. I just go and do studio visits irrespective. I liked his work then, let's put it that way. I love his work now. Sure. And I love the color works even more than his abstraction, hmm. which I can't believe were hidden away in New York for the longest time. Right. So for that, I would chase the work, for which I did chase the work. <laughs> I went early. And did one. So sure. I, I do believe, I do believe a lot of it. I mean, come on, we have many contemporary art collectors too today in the country. Hmm. And many who can just pay top dollar or because they run museums or foundations can just have more access to better works or what I think. I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, we have the same eye. So I don't know whether we have the eye for the best work or not, or whether my eye is better than theirs or theirs is better than mine, but we all want the same works. <laughs> so when you're all chasing the same works, I can't compete with them with their budgets. Sure. So I may as well just compete with them in the pace at which I buy it, which is just before they see it. That's sure. It. Sure. But yeah, I do believe that if I like to go for a solo, I like to see everything beforehand, to be offered everything beforehand. Hmm. And I like to have the pick. And right. if I've had the pick and then everyone wants to buy it, that's fine. But I want to have the first pick. Yeah, then everything if I don't get what I want, I won't buy from the show at all. Either. Right. right. That's so as it. Long, I won't buy it at all. As it, long as you get that privilege preview. Yeah, yeah. Privilege preview, you, you get first right yeah. to it. That's the only way it'll work. Otherwise, all is not well with the world. So, so yeah, me- and I mean, after 15 years of collecting, it's high time I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get it then. I mean, I may as well get it now. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Saloni, very important point that, uh, you know, this, this term's been repeated uh, often during this conversation, that of the budget. Um, you know, I know several young collectors will have a similar concern. They don't come with purse strings that are wide open. They're putting in what is very hard-earned capital because their heart is in it. Tell us about the, you know, the rigors of collecting on a budget. What should be kept in mind? Like, for instance, in your case, your budget almost pushed you into a corner of collecting contemporary art because you want the best. You know that you certainly cannot, by you know, sheer logic, get the best by the moderns. So you look at younger artists and then that allows you to find your comfort zone where you grow over time. So tell us about budget. Tell us about, you know, the various facilities that are available, which you've learned perhaps the hard way of how someone on a budget can build a collection that uh, that comes to become, uh, you know, special in some way or the other. I'm very proud to say I'm a budgeted collector. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very proud. 
I feel I started with a thirty thousand budget. Wow. Okay. I remember in that budget there was no modern I could buy, even though I knew and had access to the best of moderns. Bengal. I loved Bengal. Hmm. I still love. I mean, I can't say love. Like I said, I love Bengal. I love the moderns. I love all of them personally. I met Hussain Saab. I just think he was one of the most prolific, you know, path-breaking artists in terms of his generosity. He's just. ability to you know do things in a different way he hmm. he was a risk taking artist i met raza saab when he just returned from paris i went to meet him in his studio in delhi i hmm. actually flown to delhi to meet him hmm. i've had many um, i mean of course they were all in their late ni- i mean they were in their 90s and late 80s yes and so i couldn't meet him again and again it was not so possible besides they don't necessarily live here husain had already moved to dubai raza was living in delhi so you know i met many of them who i could meet uh, but the thing is i couldn't buy the best of their works because like you said and like i've said before i didn't have that budget sure so and i know what their best works were and they weren't available to me because i didn't have that budget so i feel like don't beat yourself up if you don't have the budget even if you have 10000 or 20000 rupees today as your budget please buy art i think it's as difficult to buy a work of art as a as an investment or as a passionate collector whatever you may call it hmm. as difficult it is it to be an artist hmm. i think today with the professions that we have to t- instead of taking up the traditional route of being a lawyer doctor you know engineer kind of profession you choose to be an artist hmm. i strongly believe that if we don't support these people who've taken that leap of faith and made this their career yes you know galleries who've supported them and hmm. made them stars or whatever they are hmm. and put their you know time and energy and effort on these artists if we don't collect them at whatever price points they come and with they are within our budget then who is going to lift this art world you know who is going sure. to do this and don't beat yourself up i mean i still can buy a work for 10000 rupees i'm still happy to do that i i love taking risks so for me it's not a big deal and uh, i would still i can buy something for 10000 to 10 lakhs with great ease mm. and it doesn't bother me i mean it's not like you know um you can you can't you and there are lots of young collectors who come to me all the time and say but my budget is only this but i can't afford what you can and i and i always have to tell them listen i didn't buy this at what it's become today <laughs> i bought it when this person was nobody sure. you know today this price is so x amount but i didn't buy it at x i bought it when it was literally nothing sure. for for today's standards sure. so i just feel like if you love make informed decisions see as much as you can do not beat yourself up with budgets go to galleries that have things for young collectors there are lots mm. of young gallery um you know i can name all of them but i'm sure everyone knows there are lots of young galleries and lots of senior galleries also who have things for you know who are doing things for young collectors sure so i feel like there are efforts being made to you know pull more people into collecting art which we need because as a country having you know so many billionaires there there are very few uh, you know people who actually spend um, their money on buying art and you do not have to buy names you create names let that be your inspiration that's great that's let great. let that be that i love living with this work more than i want to know you know what is behind i, I mean i want to know whether this will appreciate or not sure. a lot of people ask me that question and i i just tell them i can't tell you what's going to appreciate because i didn't know when i bought it sure. nobody tells you this nobody tells you no galleries tells you this is going to appreciate Who tells you that? Nobody's going to tell you that. Sure. So I can't answer that question for you. 
nobody answered it for me either and i never asked anybody this question because sure. i never bought with that intention i just feel like if you develop your eye trust your instincts um and yeah just live within your budget just do things within your budget i think i never have regrets also because i never spend beyond my budget right uh, so i never one- felt I never felt that I went beyond my comfort level of buying something. You know, this this actually is a is a is interesting turn. What about payment plans? Are you are you you know is that is that something that you've ever requested galleries to allow? Till today. <laughs> so tell us about that. I because- have a payment plan. Every gallery knows this. If Saloni is buying for work, <laughs> she will ask for a payment plan. <laughs> no, unless it's something which is really. Uh, I mean, in my terms, under a lakh, I don't ask for a payment. <laughs> But yeah, if it's of a significant value, and if it's a really a work that I have been chasing and I really want it, I will always ask for a payment plan. And I think I have never ever regretted it. In fact, galleries have been so sweet; they've actually sent the works even before I made the payment. And I'm just like, I'm sending it back because I really don't want the work till I make the payment. <laughs> So, I mean, I think that will mo- motivate me to make the payment faster. Sure. But they're like, no, no, we trust you. We just want this off, and I'm just like, yeah. But what about one me not wanting it before I made the payment? <laughs> They want to get done with it, but I don't want to. So, no, I've always from day one, I've never had this. This is one thing. Ah, uh, every gallerist has given me hmm. the option to have a payment plan, which I think is very important for young collectors. I'm still a young collector. I still feel I, um, I, I can't buy the way. the kiran others of the world buy art so i still in that sense feel i'm a young collector but i still have always a payment plan and i think there's nothing to be embarrassed about you don't have the budgets i mean not i know every collector doesn't have the budget for what they want to buy sure. somebody wants to buy five crore painting they may not have the budget they sure. also have a payment plan <laughs> if you know that you can even have a payment plan for a filak or a 50000 sure. rupee work <laughs> so there's no there's no uh, i know a lot of senior collectors and They can't afford to buy many a times what they want to buy, sure. and they say we had a payment plan. So if they are not embarrassed of having a payment plan, so why should we? And it's not like we're not making the payment; it's just there's a payment plan in place. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, I think where there's a will. And I believe not to put all your eggs in one basket many a times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like you should have money to buy other things as well, hmm. and not just it in one. I sure. I like to keep that option. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So in case a great work of art comes by. Oh, absolutely. So I think uh, you know, like they say, where there's a will, there's a way. In this case, where there's a work, there is yeah. always a way. You know, if you know that you want that work, yeah, one way or the other, it will work out. But you have to have the conviction to make that commitment. Uh, and you know, I think right. a large a large part of this journey that needs to be covered uh, towards becoming a collector uh, of going beyond uh, having you know more works than your walls allow. Uh, and you qualifying as a bona fide collector i think it's very important to uh, to hone your eye to speak to people who you know well i think these are the points that you made very very beautifully is there anything else you'd like to share with uh, with with you know some of the younger collectors who are listening uh, anything that we might have missed i think i've touched upon everything but i i mean there are decisions that i've had to take which have been tough and budgets definitely dictate anyone's yes. collecting career that mm-hmm. just goes without saying yes so we as much as we'd like to ignore it i wish i could buy yayo kusama julie meritu george kondo i have lots of international artists i love i know that actually a lot more than indian art <laughs> it's surprising <laughs> that i know international art more than indian art international contemporary more than indian i want to buy african i want to buy you know um there's a lot but right. budgets define um taste define 
you know, I, like I said, I learned a lot from my mentors and I learned to have definition and direction in a collection as right. well. So I, I mean, I can only talk, you know, I, when I started, I didn't think a, I'm going to be a collector. I still don't think I am a collector, but mm. I still feel, I, I just feel like, I just feel like you just start and you take these baby steps hmm. and you soak in knowledge, meet people, get access to, you know, get your own mentors. Sure. Try getting a mentor because I really feel when you get a mentor, someone who you admire as a, who's an art collector or it could be a gallerist or an artist or whoever, I don't know, you know, what your mentor could be. Hmm. I've had a lot of artists also who've inspired me you sure. know, to buy in a certain way. Uh, many a times in the way of rejecting things I like, you know. Right. And uh, I remember this one artist who I was very close to. She doesn't live here anymore. Um, and I remember showing her a work of art because we were hanging out and she said, oh my God, you really are into this. And I was like, yeah, you're not, right? And I mean, maybe because I was more into figuration and she was into abstraction. And now, I mean, I have progressed and I've started understanding and appreciating where she came from. But I've had artists who've given me critical um, feedback on other artists' works as well. Right. And I've taken it positively. I, I'll still go ahead and do what I want to do. I mm. don't... I don't let them define or, or dictate my, you know, collecting patterns. Right. But um, I think it's very important to find um, like-minded people or mentors or people who you aspire to be. Hmm. I also had the privilege of meeting um, collectors and seeing collections beyond whether, I mean, I haven't seen Masanori's, uh, but I have seen and heard and, you know, now in pieces we see at Pandol's hmm. many of his works, Jane and Ito Debers collection, or I went to uh, the Hurwitz. Mm -hmm. I went to Philadelphia. The Philadelphia. Peabody Essex Museum in, in, Massachu Essex in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, Boston. Just 20 minutes outside Boston. Yes, correct. Three years ago, I went and saw a large part of their collection. And of course, spoke to many um, um, galleries about how the mm. Hurwitz collected and mm. understood, uh, you know, collecting journeys. So I think, you know, see, when I started, I didn't know who these people were, though I, sure. I did attend the first Hurwitz collection sale of Christie's. Mm. But I didn't know who these people were. I didn't understand their journeys. I didn't understand how art was collected in this country and all of that. I think when you grow, you grow and then you meet people and you hear about these stories and you see collectors some who are as passionate as you some who may not be some who have a different take on buying art and not to say that anyone is good or bad you just find your own you know sure. you always find your own tribe and I think it's important to do that yes. and enjoy the journey I don't think uh, even running a residency or a grant uh, is uh, is a work for me right. it's, it's just an extension of me. I enjoy it yeah. Sure. So, Loni, all, all extremely important points. And I think anyone who's listening to this with the intent of uh, coming into collecting with any degree of seriousness is going to uh, uh, benefit immensely. What I'd like to sort of give you a fair warning on is you will probably be inundated, you know, with DMs and requests now to be a mentor uh, from some of these younger collectors who are probably <laughs> listening in. So you better prepare. I've given a lineup interviews and talks. They can listen to all of them. I said the same thing. Okay. Well, you know, I think you'll you'll need to now step up a little more and go beyond these uh, these these talks and be available in person. But Saloni, I, I'd like to thank you very much. You know, this was this was really wonderful and uh, and it was it was great. You know, listening to you about your journey. Thank you so much for your time. Most welcome. Thank you for inviting me. 
Now, if there's anything that you wanted to know about Indian art, but have been too afraid to or haven't known whom to ask, look no further. We're right here at your beck and call. Send us an email on contact at arteryindia.com and we'll get our friendly elves to start working on a suitable response to your question right away. Till you hear from us next, years wishing you all a very happy RT time. And as always, when you think art, think artery. <laughs>